Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. And this week we are looking at the theme of justice within Star Wars. We sure are. Before we get into Star Wars, what has shaped your ideas of justice? Huh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Growing up you have a certain kind of idea of quote-unquote justice that's instilled by the state, Mm -hmm. right? But then once I got more into biblical studies and theology, seeing this very different way of looking at justice through things that subvert traditional understanding of justice and a place where forgiveness and grace and things like that are important, Mm -hmm. but also not, you know, the oppressed, the poor, the uh, marginalized be second to that, you Mm. know? So ideas of, you know, the year of Jubilee and things like that, where it's like all of the land is going to return to original owners or whatever it was so people couldn't amass more and more and more Mm -hmm. and more. Um, People couldn't do what they can here in the United States and a lot of the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So things like that, I think did really change my idea of justice. What about you? Yeah, similarly, you know, growing up with kind of the social cues as to what justice is, particularly, you know, when you look at things like superheroes and comic books, justice Mm -hmm. tends to be punishment of those who commit crimes and protection of property rights, basically, (laughs) right? And, And of course, safety of people's lives and and bodies to a certain extent, because as I entered adulthood and I started really understanding ideas of social justice, I saw justice as much less about being directed against those who are committing crimes and much more about uplifting those who are being treated unjustly by systems that are economic or political or cultural or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more about kind of uplifting for the victim rather than it is about attacking the perpetrator because in most social justice conversations I'm at least a part of, it's not about tear down the system because the system deserves it. It's about giving access to basic human rights and needs to those who do not have it. Maybe the system does deserve to be torn down, though. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> you know, but I think that that's not the, the core element at play. Of course, of course. Cool. So let's get into our episode, mm-hmm. and we'll start out with a quote. And this quote is by... One Anakin Skywalker well, actually, slash Darth Vader, Darth Vader yeah. on Mustafar when he and Obi-Wan are talking slash yelling. I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. I try to put in a little bit of wine in there mm. to really, really hit the character notes. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're, you're still too reasonable. <laughs> 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 no, but um, also does... Darth Sidious know about your new empire? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's. I think, an interesting quote because these are the kind of ideals that he sees himself bringing to the empire, mm-hmm. even as he acts against them. And these ideas of, yeah. I think, freedom is a great example where the empire will give freedom by taking it away in certain ways, right? Give freedom to themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's the classic example of, do you have the freedom to do what you want or the freedom from want and other people taking advantage of you and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, Sounds like a classic um, crisis the United States should be in, <laughs> but never seems to fully get there. Yeah, <laughs> like to think. 
but yeah, it's it's you know him going in and killing children and other Jedi is bringing justice to the galaxy. Right. Well, and it's it's fascinating too because he sees this as justice because he sees that what the Jedi were doing, you know, he sees that is wrong. Mm. To him, the just thing is to rid the galaxy of the Order, mm-hmm. the Jedi Order. But even though my mind screams out like, yeah, right, that's not justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, still in, in our world, the, there's a lot of that sort of, when you have a just cause, anything goes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, what character did you bring to talk about today? Well, that kind of leads me into my character. And I wanted to talk about Saw Gerrera. Oh, okay. Because I think he's... We don't get to spend that much time with him. He's from um, Rogue One. And Rebels. And Rebels, yes. Which And I Clone Wars. I don't think... He was in Clone Wars? Yeah, that's where he first started as, as like a, a teenage freedom fighter oh, hanging out with Ahsoka. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think he's a really interesting character because he starts out just being a part of a resistance fighting. First is fighting against the Separatists, but then fighting against the Empire. And for a while, you know, he was completely able to be aligned with the Rebel Alliance leaders. But then, you know, at some point, his call for justice turn just from, okay, these are the legitimate means that our rebel organization says are permissible Mm. in this wartime to, I want to do things that are more extreme. And then they had to break from each other at Mm -hmm. that point. And he was a, a resistance leader then for the group known as the Partisans, which is like a militant organization that some considered an extremist organization with terrorism tactics. So we don't get to see a whole lot of that, but we do see, obviously, him utilizing torture, Mm -hmm. right, in Rogue One. And if the Rebel Alliance are saying, you know, he's too extreme, you know, then he's probably using some some things that humanitarians would frown upon. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the the mind flare he uses on Bodhi, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and so I find him an interesting character that in his pursuit of quote-unquote justice, and originally, you know, that looked one way, and then it was looking a different way and fighting this empire and the oppression that's caused by that. Along that path, he just resorted to more and more extreme measures to try to attain justice in a way that he saw was just. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it looks goes back to what you were saying, you know, this kind of ends justifies the means type of way of doing things where because he is fighting against a greater evil, what he does is necessary in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Which are, you know, again, questions that all government should be asking. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's interesting, too, that he has, like, a connection to Emphis Nest from mm. Solo. If you don't remember, she was the resistance kind of leader of the Cloud Riders, who are kind of like these marauders that would fight against the crime syndicate uh, Crimson Dawn. And it's interesting because she was stealing the coaxium to try to get it to 
Saw Gerrera. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, right? And her methods are obviously not as extreme as Sagarera's ended up being, but are also very non-traditional in this kind of band of marauders, like mm. pirating as a way of, of fighting the crime syndicates, which were also doing something else, which is interesting because, like, Darth Maul is running Crimson Dawn, right? And he was just like, you know what? I'm going to defy both the Galactic Republic and the Separatists, you know, and I'm going to start my own thing. And so you have a bunch of these different kind of actors, like, all doing stuff that is completely outside the traditional confines of, like, the Empire and the Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah, and I like seeing that there's, like, all of these people who don't just fall into either of those two parties and aren't necessarily just happy with what it's like, oh, well, I'm against the Empire. That means I'm okay with everything the Rebellion mm-hmm. does. Or I think that their methods are the best and, you know, vice versa. Yeah, agreed. And I think Rogue One did such a great job of that, of nuancing the battle between the light side and the dark side that the other movies kind of had, where, you know, we see characters who, though they're rebels, they do questionable things and we mm-hmm. doubt them. And there is turmoil within their ranks and I think that's that's important. And having Saw Gerrera as a formal other perspective and other use of tactics uh, than the main rebellion is, is also really important. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we move on to your plot point? Sure. I wanted to discuss all the times that we see on screen the Jedi acting in <laughs> explicitly unjust ways. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't even need to finish the sentence. I was already there with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think the best example, or the first example we get is when Qui-Gon just hand waves Jar Jar out of the punishment that he gets from (laughs) coming back to the Gungan city. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's literally just like, we're going to need him kind of. And even though I don't actually know what happened, um... Later on that same movie, they refuse to deal with the slavery on Tatooine. They just talk about how it's just a regular thing, and Gwaikon's like, as That's like a not joke. What we do. Yeah, like, <laughs> I actually didn't come here to free slaves. Like, why not? What are you doing, Jedi? <laughs> what yeah. is your point? At this time, you're not even at war, which I'll get to in a second, but you. Yeah, the whole order is just peacekeeping, whatever that means, but they're not actually going out and protecting the rights of anyone who doesn't fall within the Republic. Well, and that's the thing. It's under the guise of peacekeeping, but really it's order keeping, mm-hmm. which is not the same thing. Absolutely. And, and you know, if you look at what Qui-Gon does with that pod race, he's literally slave trading. It's literally mm-hmm. what he's doing. And he's not even doing that honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... He's doing that because their actual goal or mission of getting Padme to Coruscant is more important than the lives and the justice of a system that incorporates slavery, where they can go in and and pretend not to be themselves, but to actively engage in these practices just because they have a more pressing mission. Right. But then once the war breaks out, they're just generals who are helping to fight an army that is fighting for independence. Later on, Mm -hmm. you know, Obi-Wan's answer to Anakin's 
quote that we started with is that he's loyal to democracy, that he's loyal to the Republic. And one of those is true. He's loyal to the Republic, but he's not loyal to democracy because these folks are actively trying to be more democratic and he is, he and the rest of the Jedi are fighting against that. Yeah. And then even when they find out that Palpatine's the Emperor, they're like, we can't take this to the Senate. We have to deal with this right now, <laughs> yeah. right? Because he has already taken control of whatever, right? We need to single-handedly go and try and assassinate him they did say like you're under arrest and then he brought out his lightsaber but still but and then at the end of the day my swindu was gonna kill him yeah and yeah he's too dangerous to let live well and you know it's one moment where anakin i can kind of see where he's coming from he needs to stand trial like you can't just take justice into your own hands and be like nah he's gotta die yeah absolutely and then luke trying to save vader because it's his father that's not Actually, yeah, I mean, it works out in the end, but <laughs> that's not the way that justice is going to be served. That's not the best way to ensure that the rebellion is going to be successful. Well, I mean, theoretically it could, right? If Vader got rid of the Emperor and had a change of heart, potentially Vader could dismantle the Empire himself and, you know, do all sorts of stuff. But the likelihood of that happening is... Very small. And that doesn't seem like that crossed Luke's mind at all. No, it was just, it was just uh, he's my dad. He's my daddy. <laughs> oh, please don't say that. <laughs> Never say that again. So, yeah. So, I just think it's very interesting because, you know, when we first hear the Jedi defined by Obi-Wan in Episode 4 is that they, for thousands of years, were the arbiters of justice for the galaxy. And... Maybe they were a few thousand ago. <laughs> right? Maybe in the Old Republic. <laughs> well, at least not in the past couple hundred years, it seems. <laughs> or that justice was just completely uneven and unfair and unjust. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think it's, it's interesting to question ideas of justice uh, when they're kind of given to you, uh, particularly in an order like the Jedi that I have over the years become more and more critical of. Oh, you're not their biggest fan? <laughs> I am not, no. I haven't been able to tell that from this podcast. <laughs> no, but um, especially when the Jedi are just projected as the light side, the mm -hmm. good side, the side that's doing things right. And, you know, the Sith or the Empire, these are the bad side. And when they're both doing, like, you know, egregious mishandling of ideas of justice. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we go into our compelling questions? So I'm wondering what different types of justice you see enacted in Star Wars in general. Hmm. That's the interesting thing is that the people who I think have justice inherently in their mission are like the Jedi and people like Enfys Nest. One is kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning, the maintenance of order, the maintenance of the status quo of property rights and things like that. That's the Jedi. Whereas Enfys Nest is being a more proactive group where they, they want to upset the status quo because the status quo itself is unjust. And so it's interesting to see these two groups that both kind of seem to consider themselves arbiters of justice, but the vastly different ways they see injustice playing out mm -hmm. and that they answer to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what were you thinking? 
Yeah, so I was thinking like something I find kind of interesting, which you, you kind of mentioned a little earlier, is a justice system based off of excommunication. Hmm. So we have Jar Jar, right, who's kicked out of the Gungan nation. Mm-hmm. And you also kind of see this with the Jedi Order when we get into the Clone Wars and like mm. Ahsoka's experience. And so I think excommunication is a, a compelling form of justice that we don't really see much of in our modern world, hmm. but I think it's a really interesting idea. So I'm glad that they at least had a different sort than the normal ways that we think of, you know, a justice system. But other than that, it, sometimes it was a little hard for me to find a lot of concrete examples because at the end of most of the movies, it's just like we blow up the Death Star or like the planet Death Star or the ship Death Stars, you know, and that's how it ends. So there's no trials for intergalactic war crimes. There's Mm -hmm. no reparations paid that we see anything of. You know, it's almost like anyone can kill anyone because it's a time of of war and there's like no consequences for that on either side, right? Because people are just, yeah, killing people left and right. And as you've mentioned before, even they're doing some of these things, you know, whether it's mind control or murder or whatever in planets or systems that aren't a part of the Republic. So there's no real consequences for the rebellion side for killing whoever and the consequences for the Empire or the First Order side is just like everybody gets blown up. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, you have some other things where it's like the huts run Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And so we're just gonna imprison people or have slaves and we're gonna send people down to the rancors whenever (laughs) we don't like what they're saying Mm -hmm. right and then you have the empire which it seems to project this idea of at least to have a system of justice that they believe in and enforce but then you know they're like using bounty hunters and everything and yeah it's just like what is even their system? Like, there's a prison block, but who else is there? You know, we don't really, like, know anything. We don't really get to see detailed mm. delving into any of these issues. I do appreciate, though, at least in the new show Mandalorian, without giving anything away if people haven't seen it yet, it does show a little bit of, like, a prison mm-hmm. system. Again, it doesn't go into that much because it's, like, one episode, but... I mean, not that I'm, like, for prison systems, <laughs> but, like, some semblance of a structure, mm-hmm. whether I would agree or disagree with it, versus just you don't know anything and there doesn't seem, you know, it's like, h- how are these systems and power enforced? Mm-hmm. Totally. The other place in Star Wars we do see someone trying to enact a form of justice, uh, less formalized, but still, is Anakin against the Tusken Raiders for his mom you could argue that's more vengeance but he does say they deserved it Wait, you didn't think it was like one for one <laughs> no no <laughs> i mean awful things on both sides but still you don't kill everyone yeah and or anyone yeah probably good call anakin don't kill anyone good advice 
but yeah, so so kind of one of the few times that we do see someone trying to kind of make someone answer for what they've done, it also is done in entirely excessive ways, which then no one answers for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my question for you is, do you think that the rebellions in Star Wars seek justice? Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of hard to say because we don't really see it much. It seems more about, like, toppling regimes mm. than necessarily justice. And and I think part of the ideas behind the toppling of the regimes is that this is unjust and we need to do this. And then there'll be... I don't know. Uh, it would be nice if they were like, then there'll be more equality between the races or <laughs> the different planets or better distribution of resources or something like that but we don't really see that Mm -hmm. we just know that they're fighting but i would really like to see their mission statements i would really like to see their handbook of operations and scholarly articles Mm -hmm. (laughs) about what the rebellion will bring to the galaxy yeah it's like we're supposed to root for them because, and we're not necessarily given any tangible examples of how they are going to do things more justly, or, you know, is this just a different power grab? I mean, obviously, because you like several of the characters, and they're shown to be, you know, good-hearted or whatnot, you would assume that it would be that way. Mm -hmm. You You don't, distrust Admiral Akbar, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but we don't really know because how are prisoners of war treated in the rebellion? We don't see it. And I would really like to see that because <laughs> seeing that it tells you a whole lot about the organization. Absolutely. Yeah, similarly, I, I think it's it's really frustrating that we don't see kind of the calls to action mm-hmm. for the rebellion. We see atrocities but we don't see anything outside of there's a lack of democracy. You know, it goes always goes back to this idea, particularly in the original trilogy and in the prequels, I think, of kind of democracy versus authoritarianism. And I think that that is something that, to me, also speaks so much to kind of the Cold War era of <laughs> the creation of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, where... It's like, yeah... We were in the Cold War back then, so like I get it more, but like... And socialists consider themselves more democratic than capitalists, right? <laughs> so... Yes, <laughs> definitely. So I, I think it's, yeah, these really kinds of simplistic, nationalistic kind of terms that are thrown about that don't really speak to where injustice is actually seen. Well, and like, outside of the prequels, where do we actually see any examples of democracy? Mm-hmm. I guess you see, we're not going to send in this squadron because all parties haven't agreed to it in, like, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But then a couple of them are like, well, we're going to go on our own, <laughs> you know? And people like, just show up. Exactly. But... It's like, that's that's not how democracy works either. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, I don't know where we actually see it much at all. Yeah. And I think it's so telling, too, that they always hearken back to the old Republic and, like, 
it shows never never harken back it's, it's, <laughs> especially when it's the old it's, it's exactly not it's a this good it's idea. this nostalgia kind of thing of looking back at a time that they saw value in or they see value in now but certainly had historical injustices alongside as well mm-hmm. and i think it's telling also that rose i think is the rebel who is the most likely to talk about injustices and mm-hmm. see system systemic injustices and things like that but the people who she calls out are ones who are supporting both the resistance and the first order mm-hmm. and so even there she's not talking about how much she hates the first order specifically or why she's going into the first order she's talking about how the first order profits off of and other people profit off of the war caused by the first order and the resistance is also playing into that you know, we don't see a kind of a vision for what a just system would look like. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to rebel against something, harder to build something. <laughs> ah! Is it easy to rebel against something? We haven't been very effective at it here in the United States for quite a while. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your missed opportunity? So my missed opportunity is that... We don't really see any instances of intersectional justice, Mm. intersectional social justice, and it's projected that under the First Order or under the Empire, like, everyone is oppressed equally, and obviously that wouldn't be true, because that can't be true, Mm. you know? So, yeah, I think it's a real missed opportunity that we don't get to see how the oppression affects communities differently Mm. and i think that's a real shame because there are so many different alien species and they could do really interesting things with it but don't really yeah we certainly don't see those who are oppressed being oppressed within their own identities intersectional ways where a female or other non-male gender of a alien species or a non-human species mm-hmm. is oppressed differently you know uh, are there slaves that are used in uh, that are sexually exploited right oh, totally, or like yeah. all these other kinds of things mm-hmm. i guess the closest that we could get is tw- twi'lek women mm-hmm. right but even that there's like a jedi who's one you know so it's like she's in a position of power mm-hmm. but then like the one in java's palace obviously he's not yeah and then we don't see kind of class coming in mm-hmm. and so many of those things are kind of done in silos where it's like sure male imperials are more likely to get a position and sure human imperials are more likely to get a position and all these other kinds of things but we mm-hmm. don't see everyone who we see even kind of bucking those trends are typically only one aspect of that you could maybe say that you see a bit of that with rose or something but Mm. it's just in very very small instances where it's like she is an asian woman who is you know an engineer Mm -hmm. which could potentially have a higher status but like doesn't in the resistance and then just this very small instance is kind of talked over Mm. and like her idea isn't taken into consideration but it's one of the only instances where we see that in Star Wars, but we also don't know if that's based on her being an Asian woman or just a woman in general. Totally. 
Yeah, how interesting would it have been to see Anakin do something wrong, which, I mean, that's not interesting in and of itself, <laughs> but the Order know about it and not do anything, mm. but then Ahsoka do something and them just come down on her and be like, nah. Ugh. Right? That's all I want. <laughs> right? It would be so good, you know? And then, like, maybe have a history of... Uh, a humanoid Jedi woman who that didn't happen to, but it does happen to Ahsoka. You know, like that that sort of thing would be. Imagine a Clone Wars episode. Yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. Imagine a Clone Wars episode where Ahsoka is, like she finds out about Anakin's slaughter of the Tusken Raiders, (laughs) Right. right? And like her having to come to terms with that and her calling him out and confronting him about that. I think that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. It's all I want in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Clone Wars season seven, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are you hearing us, Disney? Yeah. Well, my missed opportunity kind of goes back to something that you were saying earlier about how we don't see a lot of the justice systems at play. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be really, really useful to flesh out the injustices of the Empire by showing their justice system. Because as we know from living in the United States incarceration is in and of itself something that even though it claims to be in the desires of justice is unjust is something that widens gaps between people and is highly racialized and class size and all these other kinds of things there's a whole historical train of thought uh started by michelle foucault about kind of the carceral state being one of the main mechanisms of control for states in the modern era where the use of incarceration and even outside of incarceration, just the constant examination of a population, having everyone have to have forms that they fill out and citizenship and all these other kinds of things that identify them in different ways. And when you are... Or maybe only have certain people have to have those things. Right. And when you fall outside of what's considered the norm, there are systemic interventions that typically create incarceration in some way. You know, all these kinds of things are kind of intrinsic to modern society and the way that power is maintained Mm -hmm. in modern society. And I think that having that kind of view of the empire would be fascinating to see how is it that they are in the name of the justice that Anakin claims that he's building, that they are changing laws and policies and these other types of things to increase injustice and to widen the gaps and oppression of peoples, I think would be a fascinating way of looking at at the Empire that, yeah, as you mentioned, we don't see really any of, mm. at least not in the films. Yeah, that, that would be really interesting. And yeah, I don't know, like the actual playing out of systems of justice are just very interesting to me because part of a group, a country, a governmental system... Part of if I would be for them would depend on what their justice system looks like, Mm -hmm. right? And so we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what is your takeaway? Right now, I'm I'm really feeling kind of the simplicity you've discussed about Star Wars in the past, Mm -hmm. where, you know, in part because they're just films uh, and they are, you know, sci-fi action films, they don't really deeply dive into nuance in certain ways and and i think that's also part of kind of these 
typical hero's journey styles of storytelling where there is the inherent good and the inherent bad that are, you know, having this battle over the universe and people fit within that really neatly. And I think that the world doesn't exist that way. And so the most compelling stories tend to be ones that are really nuanced. And I think that, for example, the Clone Wars episodes that go into kind of the characteristics of the Force and what the dark side versus the light side means mm-hmm. are really captivating to me because they question those assumptions of a pure good and a pure evil. And uh, I wish the movies did that a bit more. And I would love to, I don't know if there's any listeners, the recommendations on books or comics or other places to go to to see that within the Star Wars universe, I'd be really interested. But if not, I could just put it into an RPG, a tabletop RPG I'm playing (laughs) in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. What about you? What's your takeaway? (laughs) This isn't really a takeaway from our conversation per se, but (laughs) it's just an idea has come to me that I think would be super fascinating. Whether it be like a planet that kind of runs this way or whatnot but like the idea of droids being the ones who administer justice Mm. because supposedly they should be able to be less biased that's fascinating right not that it's again i believe in oh you have trespassed in this way and that means you get blank but yeah that would just be really interesting I guess my takeaway is there's a lot of interesting ways that you could go with Mm -hmm. an idea of justice within the Star Wars universe. They don't usually do it, but (laughs) there's a lot of opportunities that hopefully in the future we'll see capitalized on a little more. Yeah, yeah. Although with Disney in charge, I I don't feel super confident in that, (laughs) but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, can you bring up what we'll be talking about next week? Yes. So we're going back to Harry Potter. Yay! (laughs) And we are going to look through the theme of leadership. Oh, great. Leadership in Harry Potter. That'll be interesting. Absolutely. (laughs) No problematic leaders there. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. Well, thank you, dear listener, for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or pinterest or you can go to our website at bit.ly slash geek between the lines you can join our amazing patrons at patreon.com slash geek between the lines to access all the extra content and discussion threads and all the other kinds of things that we do with them there uh we've got an amazing group of patrons and it would be wonderful to have more support yeah we want to thank kimberly taylor pastel at lacelet for designing our logo you can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for lacelet on facebook or instagram Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, geek out!